0: Hey everyone and welcome to What in the Bible. Today we're going to be in the New Testament. We are going to be in Acts chapter 19. Now, the book of Acts is just that. It's about Acts, right? It's not about it's not about words, it's about everything that's happening and it's very exciting because there are miracles, there are signs, there are wonders. But it's also the history of the the beginning of the Christian church. And when you read through it there it's a mess. Right? Because it it's brand new and it's also happening at the same time that during the Roman Empire where there've been Jewish revolts. And so those because those who became Christian they were they were in Jerusalem or Judea, right? And so with the revolts, the the Romans told them get out. You can't live here anymore and they, they, they in order to separate them. So they couldn't revolt as well. And so it's great for the gospel because the gospel went out. But since it wasn't well-founded yet, like the, the theology, the dogma, the, the orthodoxy of it wasn't well-founded yet. You, we do run into problems where people are like, well, I was baptized by Paul. And the other one's like, well, I was baptized by Apollo. And then you have another one who's like, well, Peter is my apostle and we're Ju- super Jewish. So take that. And so you find a lot of contention going on and with the apostles trying to figure out, hey, what's, what's really a salvation issue? And what's a, hey, do your thing, but don't, don't hate on other people or don't cause them to stumble going on. But one of the problems that we have is that people will see the power of Christ and the and they'll have that revelation. So they want to take the power of Christ, but use it almost like a, a totem pole, where you um, you add it to your belief instead of dis, um, instead of discarding your previous belief and just taking Jesus completely. You just want the power part of it, and we see multiple examples of it but this one's one of my favorites and a little bit crazy okay so chapter 19 um starts with where people uh, Paul goes and he's like hey did you receive the holy spirit and they're like no we just got baptized by John's baptism and he's like oh there there's much more because John came before Jesus right so he's like let me let me explain and let me pray for you and baptize you so um so he's going from place to place and doing this and we'll start in verse 11. Verse 11. So God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. Now, um some people will say this is like magic, right? This is maybe like witchcraft. But it says it touched him. It doesn't say that he was selling them or anything like that. So if we go back to with Jesus, there's the story of the woman with the issue of blood and she touched his cloak and she got healed. You could argue, oh, well, that was Jesus. Um, of course, and it isn't a course, but many people were, were touching him, right? So why did this woman get healed? Because of her faith. But so that means that the power of the, of the Holy Spirit, and the the anointing was so heavy on jesus that it saturated his clothes and you can even see that in the old testament we when we had the remember the story of elisha and you threw the dead man on his bones and he jumped up the the anointing the power of god the was saturated so much in the man that his bones held it okay so moving on. verse 13 some jews who went around driving out evil spirits, tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Now, seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirits answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know about, but who are You. Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on him and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. This is my what in the Bible moment. Right? Like, we're told to to cast out demons, and then these guys do it, and they, they get beat up. So that that's scary. I remember hearing this story as a kid and being like, I, I, I shouldn't pray for people. Sincerely, like, the, I mean, it's, a, it's funny when you're an adult, like, it, like, imagining that, right? That'd be a funny, funny skit. But, but when you think about the reality of that, it's pretty scary. So, and in fact, when you jump down to verse 17, it says that people were afraid. So when this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. They, when they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. A drachma is a silver coin. It's about, a, um, I think, like a day's wage. So, and and in this way, the, the way of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. Okay. So we're going to break this down because this isn't about, Hey, you shouldn't pray for people who are demon possessed and try to cast it out. Right. And when I, once I got over my fear, when I was younger, I was like, okay, so they say in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you. So they don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. First off. They're using Paul's authority to do it. Not even Jesus's authority, right? So they they don't have their personal relationship. So of course they shouldn't be trying to do that, right? But so let's go back to verse 13. Some Jews who were driving around or who went around driving out evil spirits. Now I'm reading it in the NIV, but when you read it in the Greek, it says some um, Jewish exorcists who are going around driving out evil spirits. Now, now it's not bashing on that. It's that they were Jewish. Every religion has some sort of exorcism. Um in the West we normally think of like you know, the infamous um catholic exorcisms where you you see you know, the priest in his black robe with the holy water and the cross and throwing the cross in front of him and th- throwing holy water at the person and saying, in the name of Jesus, I abjure you to take it out. Right. Um, so that's usually the, the Western world's thought of it. But it, I mean, the Bible has references to exorcism. And once again, we're told to drive out so the the word can have a negative connotation. But these guys probably were not doing it. Well, we know they weren't doing it as a Christian, but they weren't doing it in the right spirit either anyway, because they were itinerant. And so that kind of implies that they were going around looking for demon possessed people. So these guys practice exorcism. It was their job. Okay. And so And they were using incantations, which we also see with, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you, right? So they they thought this this verbiage would work for them. And historically, we have uh, proof of, we have archaeological proof in like amulets and everything that um, to ward off evil was known in in Jewish custom in all customs, but since this is focusing on, on that. Okay. And then when it says the seven sons of Sceva, so Sceva first off, oh, and it says he's a chief high priest. Sceva is a Latin name. And that doesn't mean that a high priest can't have a, a Latin name, but it's more than likely that he was maybe, uh, somebody higher up the food chain, right? Somebody of um, aristocracy. And these may not have been his sons per se, but maybe his followers, right? Like his disciples. That's going on right here. Now, when we jump back down to verse 17, it says, when this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. So Going back to, sorry, we're jumping a bit. The banding of the name of Jesus, Jesus, whom Paul preaches. It's like no, Jesus's name is not so like some little uh, band-aid you can use, or you just use it in to keep it off. You ever seen the mummy where he's like pulling out all the all the good luck charms against the the guy who when he's about to be attacked by the mummy, you know, and then he gets to the ones with the Jewish star. And they're like, the bummy backs off. He's like, okay, that one works. It's That's not what Jesus is. He He's not your which good luck charm is going to work in this moment. He's all or nothing, right? So why, why are they afraid? But verse 18 tells us, many of those who believe now came and openly confessed what they had done. Oh, so this caused people to confess they've also done something that's similar. So a number who had practiced sorcery brought their skulls together and burned them publicly. So I'm using so a lot today. Sorry. You apply that back up to the exorcists who were driving out demons. The implication is they were using sorcery and that people who were believers were also using sorcery to try to drive out demons or whatever. So they brought their skulls and burned them publicly. I mean, what scrolls? Are they just reading books? No, these are scrolls of incantations and curses that and blessings, right? So this is witchcraft. And they came and they burned them publicly. Whoa. So that's a lot going on there, right? So you have these both Jews and Greeks, so it wasn't just Even though the story highlights a Jewish exorcist, it wasn't just the Jews. It wasn't just the Jewish Christians. It wasn't just the Greek Christians. And by Greeks, it just means probably more like Gentile Christians. They lived in the city of Ephesus where it was all about magic. In fact, when you read further down, there's a riot in Ephesus because the Christians, once this happened, You know, they they get rid of their idols, they get rid of their incantations, and so the silversmiths and the other idol makers and the people in charge of the temples are furious because because of this revival, they're losing money because nobody believes in it anymore and nobody is using it anymore. Right? And so you should read about the right, it's pretty interesting. But all that to say. You don't need all these special incantations. You don't need Jesus. Isn't gee, <laughs> we we don't hold Jesus out like a carrot, right? Hey, let me use Jesus, and you can follow me as I follow Jesus, and maybe you'll get some, some good deal. No, Jesus is Jesus is good. He, he'll heal them, but you have to have your own relationship with God. That to me is what it really drives down to. These guys did not have a relationship with God. They, they were trying to live off of somebody else's relationship. And um, when you get to heaven, it's not going to be like, hey, I knew my pastor and my pastor was a good guy and I followed my pastors and they said all the right things. So I just said what they said. No, no, no. You and you alone stand before God. So in, these, in this type of situation, it's God's grace and mercy where he's like, hey, it's better to take a beating and to realize you're, you, you're living in sin. You're practicing witchcraft, right? Because manipulation and disobedience, that's really witchcraft. So straighten up and focus on me and things will fall into line. Wow, that came became a lot heavier than I expected it to be, but that's what happens sometimes. But anyway, so I hope you enjoyed the what in the Bible moment, and I hope that you remember that God is always with you. He's always for you. You just got to put your trust in him and him alone, and he will keep you safe. And if you don't have a personal relationship with him, it's very easy. All you have to say is, Jesus, I believe in you. I thank you for dying on the cross and for my sins. I thank you for rising again so that I can have eternal life. Please take my sins and cleanse me. And then I recommend reading your Bible. It will tell you about it. If you're a brand new Christian or you don't really read your Bible and you don't really know what it's about, I would suggest in starting in the Gospel of John and then going to 1st John. I think those really nail down the basics. All right, guys. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, um, put them in the comments. Send me, send me an email. Um, nerd at gmail.com. Have a great day, guys.